we have to put all the efforts in orange pill and delay all through these months. Yeah. Going to be critical. Are going to be very painful months. Yeah. And they're going to try to destroy him. I think that the left, they try to get him out of office, for him to resign, to point the finger that all the problems are his fault, when actually he's fixing things, right? He's, he's making the, the problem go away. Argentina has a cancer right now, and it's only been growing and growing and growing, and now it's the time to take it out, to suffer the going through the medical procedure. But after that, you're healed, right? you can start to recover. Welcome back to the Freedom Footprint Show with Knut Sonholm and me, Luke the Pseudofin. And today we're joined by Ariel Aguilar, a Bitcoin evangelist, goes by Bitcoin Evangelista on Twitter. And you might have seen him driving across Europe as one half of La, La Bitcoineta, yeah, this great big Bitcoin van. There's a viral picture of Michael Saylor from BTC Prague sitting in the van. It's very cool. But anyway, he's, uh, he's here today to tell us a bit about the economic situation in Argentina. And we're recording this just after the victory of Javier Milei in the Argentinian presidential election. So it's a very topical episode today. So Ariel, welcome to the Freedom Footprint Show. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Canute and Luke. So yeah, I'm in Buenos Aires right now. I have lived through the elections. Milei has won the first libertarian president in history all around the world, actually. And he ran with a libertarian anarcho-capitalist campaign of uh, reducing the size of the government, lowering taxes. Well, actually, like, voucher systems for education and, and healthcare. So, 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 yeah, it's amazing. The rise of Belay, I'll be discussing this because I've been known him since before he was famous. It's quite funny that in 2014, or around that year, he became a libertarian. Before that, he wasn't a libertarian. Uh, he was more like a monetarist from the Chicago school, right? He discovered Rothbard and other Austrian economic authors. And ever since then, he's been doing a proof of work, like constantly going to TV shows, universities, colleges, giving speeches, traveling all around Argentina, then to Latin America countries as well, and teaching people about Austrian economics, libertarianism, anarcho-capitalism. So it's quite a character. If you, I know you've seen videos of him, you really should go and watch him. And it's also another amazing aspect, aspect of this, is he has run the cheapest political campaign in history. He hasn't spent money on t- ads. He, the, the, op- the position he had uh, worked in government, he, he was Minister of Economics, and used a lot of state resources to put billboards all around to have the government employees pushing the official candidate. And Millet only had like an army of people on Twitter and social media working for him for free, like uh, pushing, making memes. So, so it's funny that uh, they say that kind of teenagers on Twitter ran his political campaign and he won. So it's amazing. He's the most voted candidate in Argentine history. He got around 56, I don't know, 55.6%, 0.7%. So we can run it up for uh, 56% votes. No candidate in history has gotten so high. Yeah, it's truly remarkable that that a character like this can win an election anywhere, and it's uh, absolutely fantastic. Now, he can certainly talk the talk. The question is, can he walk the walk? I mean, do you think that he he will 
deliver on his promises or is he just another politician? I have a hard time trusting politicians in general, but this this guy seems like the world's first anti-politician politician. Right. Well, yeah, we'll have to see it through these years and months. Argentina is a quite difficult country. It's been conquered by unions, by businessmen that we like to call them like a dinosaurs, right? Because they are entrenched with the politicians. They ask for uh, regulations and for, for example, so for many, many decades, uh, the ethos of the culture in Argentina was to do uh, import substitution, like uh, prohibiting the importation of goods, building national products. So, for example, through the 60s, 70s, 80s, the same cars were being produced all throughout those decades. Like the same car that was sold in 1967 was manufactured in 1989, right? And the economy in Argentina was quite closed. So up until this day, what they teach you in school and in college is that we have to live with what is ours. We have to live with Argentine production and we have to keep the foreign things away. So, so Argentina is quite isolated. It's a country where right now you cannot do international wire transfers. I cannot go to a bank and say, hey, hey I want to send a thousand dollars to America or to Europe. No, you cannot do it, right? You have to be an exporter. And right now the situation is so bad that even exporters or people that were doing importation, sorry, imports, the government told them, okay, we don't have the dollars for you to wire abroad, get financing outside or uh, make your supplier finance you for six months or nine months that we're going to pay you in the future. And right now the central bank is $25 billion in debt because of that, of payments uh, that need to go to China, to the United States or Europe. And the central bank does not have that money. Uh, it's broke. It's a uh, net negative. It's when you take all the liabilities, the situation is quite dire. And fortunately, we hope that Milei will tell the Argentine people the situation when he goes into power. He's going to become president officially on December 10. So we are only like 20 days away from that. This transition has to move very fast. But the next few months are going to be quite painful, I say. And going to your question, Canut, about if he's going to deliver or not. One of the things that's going on is that Milei doesn't have a a structure behind him like uh, to support him and all the people that are needed to fill all the roles in government. And he, he even didn't have like a political party. He, he didn't even have the structure that you need to oversee the elections. In Argentina, we do elections with ballots and on each table that needs to be like the president of the voting table plus overseers from each political party. And there, there are like a hundred thousand tables where you people go to vote. So you need 100,000 people to go and take care of your boats, right? Because otherwise, they make fraud and they steal the boats. So when he got into the ballotage, which is the, re- the, the run of election, he got to choose between the first and the second. Millet was second place. A previous president from 1950, no, sorry, 2015 to 2019 offered Millet uh, to help, like uh, becoming his like godfather, and granting him the, all the overseers from his political party and the woman that was third in, in the elections, mm-hmm. Milei had totally bashed her, right? Like Milei had accused her of being a terrorist in the seventies of, of 
putting bombs in kindergartens, right? Because terrorists used to do that in Argentina back in the 70s. And even though Millet was, I mean, so strong against her, she chose to help him anyways. And so she, she went publicly and declared to, please, we have to support Millet, not a master, which was in number one position in the first election. And so all the support from the previous president, from this woman, Patricia, and, and, and from many sectors, uh, got him to where he's now. Otherwise, this election, they would have stolen all the votes. And yeah, we would have more. Uh, we call Kirchnerism or Kirchnerism. It's the, 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 the ruling class that has been ruling Argentina for the last almost 20 years. And Argentina was going to continue on its decline right now. The average salary of an Argentine is like $200 a month. The situation is very tense. You can see it on people's faces. They, uh, they are not able to afford rent. Uh, they are not able to afford food. So they, they are not even able then to have any savings left after paying for rent and food, right? So, so and, and all, and the expectations or what Argentines have been living through the past million months is that every month that comes is worse than the previous month. So, it's quite, I mean, for a European or an American, it's quite, I believe, it's quite difficult to imagine how it is life when you, for the last 20 years, every year is worse than the previous year. I, I believe that is not life or life shouldn't be like that. Well, unfortunately, most people are about to find out in the West, I guess, as we see more and more currencies hyperinflating. I mean, inflation is just a slow-mo version of uh, hyperinflation. I mean, the, all the fiat currencies are on the same path, and it's horrible. And you see these m- mainstream media outlets here, uh, people calling calling him a far-right extremist. That's that's like everywhere. And they're calling him a mini-Trump. They're calling him uh, an anti-abortionist. They're calling him a climate denier, all of these things. And none of them seem seem to focus on what's actually the pain in Argentina, which is the inflating currency, hyperinflating currency. Like these people are, are this is not a game. They're, they're uh, losing their livelihoods fast. Uh, and as you say, every month is worse. So, so, but you know, mainstream media gets it wrong always. But in this case, it's just borderlining vulgar to see them call him, call him names when like, no wonder he gets 56% because people are, very tired of the uh, of, of socialism, I guess, in the country. Of course, I mean the, the young people that were born in the year two thousand, two thousand three, they haven't experienced anything but inflation all throughout their lives. Argentina already had a, like price stability from the year ninety two till the end of two thousand one. There was like a sort of like a teller, like a USD, that the government did. It was called convertibility, and what it meant was that in order to print a peso. The government had to have savings of one dollar, either in dollars or bonds of the United States in the central bank, right? And that allowed the government to print one peso. I, I should have one of those bills here. I, I like to always carry uh, all bills of Argentina in my pocket because we destroyed five different currencies so far. And when we did this one, which is peso convertible, which says there's convertible, this was the only time that we had a stability in Argentina. In total, we've taken out 13 zeros out of all the five different currencies. The history is a monetary disaster. I mean, the first time we killed a currency was in 1970, 
And we took out two zeros out of that. And it became this one, which is called Pesone. This one lasted 13 years until 1983. And we took out four zeros out of this one. So there were bills of 1 million pesos uh, with this guy. And we took out four zeros. So 10,000 of these became one peso argentino, an Argentine peso. And this one we destroyed in two years, from 83 to 85. So the whole country had to change currencies and for only two years of life. And then when I was born, uh, they launched this one, which was called the Austral. And at the beginning, it was worth more than $1. So 83 cents of this got you $1. And seven years later, they, you needed 10,000 Australs to get the same dollar. And when that pari- the, the exchange rate got to 10,000 to 1, that's when they launched, they launched the convertible. The, the tenor, right? This one suddenly exploded uh, yeah, at the end of 2001. So right now, I think I have one of these here. Let me see. One dollar is 1,000, right? And the highest denomination bill currently, I don't have it here, is 2,000 pesos. So the biggest that you can pay is $2. That's it, right? So people have to carry a stash of cash in order to pay things with cash. It's a disaster. The government does not want to recognize inflation, and that's the reason why they don't print 10,000 pesos, 20,000, 50,000 peso notes, which would be required to make easier payments, right? And now we are in a position where we could take out three more zeros. So we can take this uh, 1,000, take out three zeros, become the new one. But Millet is running on a campaign of dollarization. He believes that in order for to prevent future governments returning to this money printing and in debasement of the currency, he, he believes that we have, we have proven ourselves to be unsuitable to have our own currency. It's only like a money theft machine, the Central Bank of Argentina. It's funny that when you enter the door of the Central Bank, there used to be a, a big phrase on the top of the Central Bank that said that this institution is here to protect the, the savings of the Argentine people, right? And all it has done all throughout the years since 1935 was to destroy value, to create poverty, uh, and to distribute the wealth from the poor to, to, to the people at the top, right? So, so Millet wants to end that. He, he pushes for dollarization. So some Bitcoiners will say, oh, he's a shitcoiner, right? But the thing is, in a certain way, Argentinians uh, have a lot of savings in dollars. There are some calculations that estimate that Argentina is the third largest holder of cash, US dollars in, in the world. So there's like United States. I don't remember who was number second, if it was Mexico or if it was Russia, I don't know which, which country it was. But Argentina comes in third in cash holdings and people are holding that in the matrix, under the matrix, only in the black, right? Uh, non-declared dollars. It, it should be a number upwards of $200 billion in cash hidden. So on one side, Millet is counting off on that money coming out and going into the economy. And on the other side, he's also pushing for monetary freedom. And that is where Bitcoin comes in. Because he has given talks to businessmen, and he has said, I do not care what currency you, you use. You can make contracts if you want in soybeans. If you want, you can do it in barrels of oil. If you want, you can do it in BTUs of energy. Like if you want to set down the prices in BTUs of energy, do that, right? So I believe Bitcoin is going to fall in that. And he's, well, there are many talks going on around in Twitter. You can watch where he explains why Bitcoin, 
and he defines it as the private money. And uh, in my particular case, I have a history of, well, meeting Millet quite early on. Uh, I have conversations with him on, on Facebook, right? Where at the beginning, he wasn't known. Like back in 2014, we, we became Facebook friends. And at that time, I realized he was going to become somebody, right? He, he, he was starting to, to be an interesting guy. So I, I had a Bitcoin talk I did in October 2014, still on YouTube if you want to go watch it. It has like 25,000 views or so. And I sent him the link to a talk and I said, hey, Javier, you, you need to learn about this, right? And, and he replied, oh, that's great. Please send me the PowerPoint presentation to my email, right? I want to learn more about it. And Millet back then, he was a chief economist of a private corporation that handles the Argentine airports, the, uh, a, a TV channel, one of the main TV channels of Argentina, right? That all this corporation is called Corporation America. Uh, is run by an Armenian guy, Eurnekian. And well, Millet was one of his uh, top economist advisors. And right at that moment, Millet told me, uh, my boss wants to invest. Right. And he told me 800 M. And I said, 800 M. M, M is for millions. Right. And I thought this guy was crazy <laughs> because back then uh, the Bitcoin price was, I don't know, $300, $400 per Bitcoin. It would have meant like a purchase of like 2 million Bitcoins or 3 million Bitcoins, an impossible purchase to make. Right. It would have changed the whole history of the Bitcoin price action. And so I never follow up on that. <laughs> I thought this guy is crazy. Some people watch him and say, this, this guy's crazy, right? And so I feel the same. I mean, I, I, I left the conversation there. I, I, I did not follow up or, or kept, a, I never sent him the PPT, right? The presentation. And, and during the years, I met him many times in conferences and I tried to orange peel him, right? I, I tried to, to gauge his knowledge of Bitcoin because he, he doesn't run deep. He, he, he won't know what a hash function is and how the cells adjusting mechanism for the, uh, the, the difficulty of Bitcoin, right? All of that, I, I don't believe he knows that, right? So he does not know why Bitcoin is better to other cryptocurrencies. That's my main worry. And when you try to go deep with him these topics, after two minutes, he will say, yeah, 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 Bitcoin is private money. And I am all in for private money. That's like all I need to know, right? Uh, and he goes off to something else. So I believe his take on the subject is he wants to give monetary freedom. And so if we want to use Bitcoin or crypto for him, I guess it, it's the same. So I believe there's still a lot of work to be done to show him why Bitcoin is superior, right? why Bitcoin is better. And so that, yeah, he doesn't squander or there's also like a, a dark side or a dark aspect to him. I would say that because, and some Bitcoiners have pointed this out, that in the past, he has gotten money from shitcoins or perhaps even Ponzi schemes, right? Uh, to promote, like to make a photo and, and a greeting, right? Uh, Millet meeting the CoinX team. Uh, it's a sad thing. Uh, you can look this up. And after a few months, CoinX explodes some to the up and down, but disappears. And all the people are uh, yeah, lose on their savings in that. Yeah, and then Millet tries to, well, detach himself from that, right, uh, in, in public. But, but it's a sad thing to, to watch. Uh, and I hope that it does not repeat. So, so yeah, I mean, 
the future for Argentina, I believe it's the best option possible would happen, mainly winning. Otherwise, Argentina would have uh, continued on this path of going downhill and the salaries even going lower, like from $200 to $100 to $50. And then you become Venezuela uh, and then you become Cuba, right? So right now, this process of dollarization okay, is trying to push. Uh, we have to see how it unfolds. And also, if you get supports from from I know, the United States, or if you get supports from the IMF, because depending on how much many dollars you can get from these uh, financial institutions, is how much suffering the Argentines are, are going to go through in the next few months. It's, it's not going to be the same if he gets $10 billion or if he gets $100 billion. Because that, and at one moment, the government's going to have to say, okay, this is exchange rate. When they did this in the year 92, and the exchange rate got up to 10,000 to 1. So right now we are in 1,000 to 1. So we don't know if this exchange rate is going to be $2,000 pesos to a dollar, 5,000 or 10,000 dollars, 10,000 pesos to a dollar. So that, that would, it's going to be a, a very large devaluation, a very large impoverishment and a lot of pain. But the thing is, I also believe that that is necessary. It's a painful process where you get rid of the, the problem of inflation, you pay all the debts, everything gets settled, and then you can restart. So perhaps salaries do go to $50 per month for the average worker. But after that, it's all upside, it's all uphill, right? It's all, okay, then you go from 50 to 75, then you go from, to, from 75 to 100 to 200, and eventually we can become a normal country again where salaries used to be $1,000 in 2017. Uh, and it's going to be a, a quite interesting experience, similar to perhaps what El Salvador is living through, that the country starts to grow again. All right. Uh, yeah, I s this is so interesting. I have so many questions and so many things on my mind now. But like, let's get, let's get back to the orange pilling of Melee a bit later. But there's a couple of things. I know that... Uh, from the immediate criticisms I see on Twitter of, of Melee and from other sources as well, like uh, one thing is that he's on the IMF's uh, uh, webpage. Or the, I think it's the World Economic Forum. No, no, the, not the IMF, the, the WEF. Sorry for that. Uh, the, <laughs> and there's there's another thing. He's, he's want, he wants to, to stop cooperating with China and Brazil, right? He wants to 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 end all that and leave, leave the BRICS thing. And he's pro you, very pro US, obviously, because he wants to dollarize and pro and Israel, which he gets a lot of flack for as well. What what are your comments on that? Well, on one side, he says that he wasn't doesn't want to deal with communist countries, right? He's on the pro liberty side, but at the same time, he also says that that's at the government level. But he will never interfere with private individuals trying to commerce with anybody, right? So if a private individual company wants to do commerce with China, he has no problem with it, right? But yeah, so his answer is at the state level. Well, that, that's great in that case. There's no embargo or anything like that. It's just basically just wants to reduce the, the size of government. And that's always good. I mean, the, the, the saddest part about this sad, sad story about the five different currencies all going to shit is that the dollar itself is suffering from the same disease. Yes, that, that's what we Bitcoiners say, but it's hard to, I mean, 
you have to understand what Argentines are going through, right? And so when you're the inflation, the official inflation this year is about 147% or so, but in some instances, it might be 200 or 300%. And the bond bubble that is, uh, it's like a ticking bomb that this government is leaving delay, it has like four times the size of the monetary base in circulation. So if, if Millet is on that, uh, for sure you have like a, a four-fold uh, devaluation, right? Like you go to 25% and you need to go to at least 4,000 pesos to a dollar to, to solve that uh, bond uh, bubble. And those bonds are bonds that the government has uh, created to suck up all the liquidity of the pesos in the market so that those pesos do not go towards purchasing dollars. And those bonds back up all the peso deposits in banks. So the banks are like forced to buy these bonds from the government, right? That's the backing of the, all the bank accounts. So they have to solve that. They, they, they don't need to, um, they have to prevent the default and explosion of, of that uh, bond bubble. Otherwise, yeah, all the bank accounts go belly up as well. All the bank go belly up as well. So I, I don't believe there's any other outcome or possibility uh, that is not printing the money or, and, and devaluation, right? So it's going to be, like I said before, quite painful. So even though the dollar might have a 10% inflation, or perhaps even more, 15, who knows, uh, the government's always lie with inflation numbers. When you come from 150%, 15 seems like like a oasis, right? It's a walk in the park. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what you have in a year, Argentines have in a month. So back back to orange peeling melee. I I know. So you you were in. Uh, were you friends with a guy? Like how close were you with this guy in uh, back in two thousand fourteen? But not, not personal friends. No, uh, I do know people. But yes, uh, they are more friends with him or are working close to him. So that's how it ex- a weird experience we have right now. So many liberals and libertarians in Argentina now are friends with all the guys in power or the people that are going to be in power. So. It's a, a, an inter- interesting experience. And now we also feel like we have, we have a responsibility to help this new administration because if Millet fails, and there are lots of forces trying for Millet to fail, they will say, oh, it was the classical liberal ideas that uh, brought us this hyperinflation or that brought us this hyperdevaluation of the currency. And yeah, they will point the finger at him. And they will try to do all in their power to for him not to succeed, right? So on the libertarian side, we have to support him. But you tried to orange peel him pretty hard back in 2014. Yes, and 2016, 2017, even when he, I remember when he was recording a political spots for TV in the previous yeah. election, I was one of the extras on the background, right? All right. Uh, and later approaching him. Trying to talk to me about Bitcoin with him, and, and like I said, like after two minutes of talks, he shuts down and he says, "It's private money. Yeah, that's all I care about, right?" So I believe in his mind, Bitcoin is uh, the same as Ethereum, perhaps, or the same as any other. Okay, okay. So, so he's taken, he's taken the black yellow pill, and he's a true Rothbardian, but he's only taken half orange pill so far. <laughs> is exactly. that a good description? Yes. Of, so, so thank yes. you. That begs the question, like, um, 
So how do we do this? How do we properly orange pill him going into the future? It's going to get harder and harder to reach, right? So uh, uh, I know that there's this La Bitcoin Conf in Buenos Aires uh, that I heard the one this year was less shitcoiny than the the previous one. Uh, was that your, uh, you, were you, to begin with, were you there and was that your experience yes. too? Yes, I arrived, uh, I was in Europe uh, touring with La Bitcoin and we can talk about that later, but uh, I arrived one day before the conference. Uh, I was a speaker there. And I actually, at one moment, I suggested the organizers, we should invite Nile, right? He would bring a lot of people. The organizer didn't want like uh, to get political on one side, right? But at least he did invite uh, like a deputy of Milay, a woman, she won. So she, she's now uh, is going to become a deputy. And this woman is, uh, she's supposed to become like the chancellor of foreign affairs of Milay. And that woman is a Bitcoiner. She knows a lot about Bitcoin. She, she knows even more than Binay about Bitcoin. Uh, so it's interesting to, to know about her. Diana Mondino is her name. Uh, I'm not sure if there are videos about her on YouTube talking about Bitcoin. We should look that up to see if there, there are subtitles in English for that. So, so yeah, our best uh, chance is uh, going through her, right? To, to try to orange build him. And I also believe there's going to be interest by, well, the, the usual Orange pillars, right? Like uh, John Three, Samsung, Mao, Prince Philip, uh, and many other guys that that will try. Philip speaks perfect Spanish, so uh, and he's got the gravitas that comes with his title. So that that would be a way in. It would be absolutely awesome. So so let's make that happen. Uh, and if it's not Philip, let let it be someone else. Like all the Spanish-speaking Bitcoiners listening to this, uh, I should be one at this point, but I'm not. So, uh, unfortunately should try to reach Melee somehow and, and properly orange pill him because we need this guy on our side, I think. And uh, so, so, so is he, uh, how well does he know Bukele in El Salvador? Are they in touch? Like, have they met? Not personally, that I know of. Uh, there is a video of Milei talking good things about Bukele or using him as an example when he, they, they, they told Milei, you're going to get in power and you don't have any deputy senators, right? And Bile answers, oh, do you know how many Bukele had when he started? Zero, right? So he sees himself as a Bukele in some, some sort of way. Yeah, yeah, I saw that clip. I saw that clip. Yeah, and um, there's been, well, I've seen in Twitter that El Salvador is going to send over uh, a group of people. I'm not sure Bukele for himself will be when on the Inauguration day. I hope he comes. It will be quite interesting to see Bukele, eh, Bolsonaro, that used to be president in Brazil, eh, as well, and may, many others. So, 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 yeah, I mean, we have to put all the efforts in Orange Bill in Delay all through these months. They're going to be critical. They're going to be very painful months. Yeah. They're going to try to destroy him. I, I think that the left, they try to get him out of office, for him to resign, to point the finger that all the problems are his fault when actually he's fixing things, right? He's, he's making the, the problem go away. Argentina has a cancer right now, and it's only been growing and growing and growing. And now it's the time to take it out, to suffer the, going through the medical procedure. But after that, you're healed. Right? You can start to recover. I will put all my efforts as well. All right. You might have noticed that we've recently partnered with Amber App. After our episode with Izzy, their CEO and our close friend, 
we knew we would have to partner with them in some way. If you haven't seen our episode with Izzy, definitely go check it out. You'll see why it's such a great fit. And honestly, they're following the orange glowing light like Izzy always says. And that's exactly what we try to do here at the Freedom Footprint Show. The big news about Amber App is that on Jan 3, 2024, they're going to be launching their version 2.0. I've seen some of the screenshots and it looks fantastic. They're going to be including a non-custodial on-chain wallet, an anonymous lightning wallet, a fiat wallet, and finally, it's going to be an exchange, of course. It's going to be just this super app. They're also going to be launching globally. Everyone's going to be able to use it. We're really excited about all that. Stay tuned with us and you'll hear all about it. And for now, check out their website, amber.app, and the episode with Izzy to find out more. Next up, Wasabi Wallet, the privacy by default, open source, non-custodial Bitcoin wallet with CoinJoin built in. It's the easy to use, comprehensive, affordable way to make your coins private. And the best part is they've been making huge improvements to the app. They're really focusing on the user experience, adding advanced features for power users. They just keep getting better. You send your coins to your Wasabi wallet and they get combined with loads of other coins using the Wabi Sabi protocol. So they're private on the other end. Your tracks are covered so you can work on expanding your freedom footprint without worrying about your privacy. So check out wasabiwallet.io and download Wasabi today. Beautiful, beautiful story and beautiful put, Ariel. Um, so from one thing to another, what can you tell us about this um, La Bitcoinista? The, uh, La, no, La Bitcoinetta, sorry, sorry. Uh, the, the Bitcoin van, uh, how is that project going? And where is the van now? Where is it going? Well, I'm going to show you a picture of what the van looks like, right? Uh, this is the European Bitcoinetta. And it's a project to teach people about Bitcoin, orange peel people all throughout Europe. But actually, the idea to do this came from Argentina. This is the, the first Bitcoinetta that is still here in Argentina from 2018, right? We, we started this project. And this one has traveled through Brazil, Uruguay, Paraguay, Chile, Bolivia, Argentina. And then the, when Bukele announced Bitcoin in El Salvador, we did this one for El Salvador. This one is in El Sonte, in Bitcoin Beach. Yeah, I recognize it. You've been there? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, I haven't been, but I've seen pictures of it in El Sonte. Right. And last year, uh, this one was launched in, uh, in South Africa. It's a Toyota Land Cruiser. And our Bitcoinetta, we've been traveling through Europe from May 5 till October 27. We've covered more than 20 countries. So we started in Spain, Gibraltar, Portugal. We went all the way uh, well, to BTC Prague, to Oslo for the Human Rights Foundation Conference, all the way to Istanbul in Turkey, and then back, right? Uh, Riga, Italy, Switzerland, Germany, uh, the UK for a month we did. So, so in total, we did more than 40,000 kilometers. That is like saying like 25,000 miles or so. We did a, I don't know the number of events. I, I guess like 100 meetups, many, many conferences. And so the, yeah, the idea is to spread the, the Bitcoin message. We carry books, like many, we carry your, your books as well, and, and other books, and hardware wallets, and yeah, and we have a minor and all, so. So, so yeah, the idea is to arrange with people to educate. And for next year, for 2024, we're considering like organizing uh, small conferences all throughout Europe, because when we did the closing of the tour, we did it in Andorra, 
because when back in May we cross or June, we cross through Andorra, we met a Bitcoiner. And that guy, he told us, oh, yeah, he knew the president, right? Because Andorra is a small country, he knew the president. And I thought, oh, this is a great orange peeling opportunity, right? So I asked him, what about we organize a conference? And he went to the, the Association of Engineers and the Association of Economists. And yeah, they got into the idea. They invited their database of engineers, database of economists, accountants, and so on. And they gave us a, a, an auditorium. And we held the, the first Bitcoin-only conference of Andorra, right? So, so it's nice to see La Bitcoineta organizing the first Bitcoin-only conference in each city uh, where we've been through. Uh, and, and in the end, uh, this uh, Andorran guy could not confirm us, like, yeah, the president's coming or people from the banking sector are coming. So, so I did not, like, push it further. But if he has confirmed, yes, the president is coming, yeah, I would have told Samsung, I would have told Prince Philip, right? Hey guys, you need to come <laughs> or sponsor the event or something. You need to tell me to because I'll uh, I'll get hop in the car and drive up there. Like sure, for sure, of course. Sure, what's a? Uh, I should look the photo of that for Andorra, which is a country of sixty, eighty thousand people. It was uh, quite a nice event. I mean, you had like twenty-five people or thirty people come in. So yeah, that's the Vicoleta project. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Ariel Aguilar, uh, the handle. And next year, I will also be launching a book about Argentina and Bitcoin. Fantastic. And yeah, you should also follow the Bitcoinetta project. At Bitcoinetta EU is the uh, European version, I guess. And I guess there's a similar uh, handle for the other yes, project. The, the, the other ones from Argentina, I think it's at Bitcoinetta or at La Bitcoinetta, LA Bitcoinetta. Yeah, you should follow us there. And you should come to Argentina if you want. And look. I should definitely come to Argentina. So should you look? And we should do, yeah, we should do a South American tour one day. Of course. We'll throw a, a, a barbecue. We'll throw a big barbecue when you come. We have the best meat. Yes. Uh, the Argentinian kitchen is the, the best in the world. Like I, I, There's an Argentinian steakhouse here close to where I live. And it's my absolute favorite restaurant. There's nothing... Like a steak do, with do some jewelry on it. How, how much does it cost? Like a kilo of sirloin or ribeye in Argentina? Uh, less than here, I guess, and uh, <laughs> very much it's like less three, than it. three or four dollars for a kilo right now. Oh, fantastic! We have to go look. <laughs> yes, absolutely agree. Look forward to it. The show is also sponsored by Orange Pill App, the Bitcoin-only social network where you can stack friends who stack sats. You can connect with your favorite Bitcoiners on the app, make local connections, and even connect with Bitcoiners around the world. You can see what's going on in your local area and connect with Bitcoiners around you. I've been to multiple events organized on Orange Pill app, and they brought Bitcoiners together from all over. And now with group chat, it's easier than ever to stay in touch with all of your Bitcoin friends. The best part is that you know it's high signal. There's no spam on Orange Pill app because everyone pays to be there. So download Orange Pill app on Apple or Android, send me or Canoe to DM, and start building your local network of Bitcoiners today. Next up, the Bitcoin way. Their mission is to onboard, educate, and remove barriers to taking self-custody of your Bitcoin. They cover everything from cold wallets to nodes, no KYC Bitcoin purchases, inheritance planning, payments, and more. Whether you're new to Bitcoin or you're an experienced Bitcoiner looking to expand your freedom footprint, or you know someone who this sounds perfect for, the Bitcoin way has something for you. 
They have a skilled team, well-versed in the Bitcoin space, and their goal is to make all the complexities of Bitcoin as straightforward as possible for everyone. And the best part is you can get started with a free 30-minute call with their team. Go to thebitcoinway.com contact for more info. Our newest sponsor is Geyser. They are the portal to the creator economy on Bitcoin. On Geyser, creators can monetize their work through their communities in a social and engaging way, and supporters can send sats to their favorite projects. Geyser has also recently integrated with Zaps and Podcasting 2.0, so every Zap sent to a Geyser address shows up on the Geyser page. We have a Geyser fund ourselves. It's the best way to support our show directly with Bitcoin. So whether you're a creator or a supporter, check out Geyser at geyser.fund today. Before we let you go, Ariel, uh, is there anything you want to have on your mind, Luke? You, you know what? I, I think this has been a fantastic overview. So uh, I'll, I'll just toss it back with, uh, do you think this is going to work? Are you optimistic that, that Millet is going to succeed? Well, if he remains in power, they don't uh, overthrow him. They don't uh, make him suicide. <laughs> because in Argentina, sometimes when people appear dead, uh, they have them dealt, right? Um, and if this influence from the previous president that has like a godfather's him, let's not go too far, right? Because this previous president might put many people from the previous administration in power. Uh, I expect them not to stop things and not come with those Keynesian ideas that they have, right? So if he's able yeah, to, to, to bring his ideas forward, uh, the next few years in Argentina are going to be great. I mean, they're going to be all upside. So you foreigners, you, can, you will be able to come here with a few hundred dollars or thousands of dollars and buy everything, right? On the cheap and, and ride the, all the upside wave. And it's going to be a very free country, uh, like to do peer-to-peer transactions, nobody messing with you, right? It's going to be a free country. So you're invited to come. Absolutely awesome. And one thing we haven't mentioned, if there's one undeniable fact about Javier Mille, it's that he has the best haircut of any politician ever. <laughs> like that haircut <laughs> is just spectacular. Yeah, for sure. Rockstar. Sidebar for the win. <laughs> what? What do you think about Melee's chances? Uh, what do you think about uh, Melee's haircut? What do you think about all of this? Comment below and like, subscribe and brush your teeth, people. So uh, see you in the next one. Thank you very much, Ariel. Thanks, Ariel. Bye. Thank you.